Award, which, along with a written application, involve giving a presentation as to future career aspirations. Yet again, the quality of the applications that were received were hugely impressive, said Southwark LNG's General Manager Ahmed Al-Samra. We are pleased to be offering the award to Will who not only demonstrates his commitment to learning through outstanding A-level results, but a strong passion for his chosen subject and the role that chemical engineering plays within the energy sector. Will's interest in chemical engineering began at a young age. I have always been interested in how things worked and where our everyday items that we take for granted come from, he said. Chemical engineering is the perfect balance between problem solving and creativity, so I am inspired to pursue a degree in the subject. Southwark LNG's scholarship programme encourages applications from local students seeking higher education in engineering, science or business-related disciplines. Details on how to apply for the 2019 programme will be available on the company's website next year. Pembrokeshire County Council's maintenance crews are mopping up this weekend after heavy rain caused widespread disruption in the county. Addressing known hotspots and tackling issues, they are busy clearing drains to ease the pressure. Various roads still remain closed around the county and drivers are urged to drive with caution as many roads still affected by surface water throughout Pembrokeshire. They are also advised to be mindful of any potential damage to infrastructure. The flood warnings of Haverford West and Solver have been lifted however various rainfall has still caused problems across the county. Keep up to date across the day here on Pure West Radio and on our Facebook page please search Pure West Radio and finally, a couple who put their own customer service stamp on their business in Tembe are hoping to bag a top award. Vince and Fiona Malone moved from St Albans to take on Tembe stores and post office six years ago. Free deliveries of drinks, snacks and groceries to visitors on the town's beaches or their holiday accommodation, as well as to regular customers and helping to outlaw single-use plastics are just two of the initiatives that have helped Vince and Fiona boost the appeal of the business. It has now reached the finals of the Independent Achievers Academy, the IAA Awards, in two categories, marketing to customers and staff development. The post office has been involved with the IAA since 2013. The Academy is a business development programme which enables motivated retailers to grow their sales and profits by following expert advice, including post office guidance on great customer service. Fiona said, We've worked hard to do our bit to help our customers and the environment, selling water, juice and milk in glass bottles. We make sure we share news about our deals, special offers and post office products and services face-to-face through leaflets and social media posts and we keep a lookout for our vulnerable customers as well. A free marketing course run by the Welsh Government in Swansea helped develop Vince's marketing plan and he and Fiona, who formerly worked in human resources, also placed great emphasis on staff development and welfare, taking on board ideas and requests from their eight full-time and part-time staff. The award winners will be announced at a gala dinner in London on November 22nd and the very best of luck to you Vince and and Fiona. I'm Toby Ellis. You're up to date with Pembrokeshire's News. Wake up with Toby Ellis. Weekdays from 6am on Pure West Radio with Folly Farm. 
Pure West Radio weather. And that was the latest news at nine o'clock this morning. Stand by for the Power Hour where you get to pick all the songs. And I've got some great guests joining me on the show. More about that very soon for you. So the weather for today, there'll be some sunny spells at times, although occasional showers are likely. And um, yeah, these could turn heavy and thundery at times. And blustery winds expected, a maximum temperature of 13 degrees. Tonight, further blustery showers likely. And these will have eased by dawn. It will turn cold overnight, a minimum temperature of three degrees. This is Pure West Radio. Yo, listen up, here's the story About a little guy that lives in a blue world And all day and all night And everything he sees is just blue Like him inside and outside Blue his house with a blue little window And a blue Corvette And everything is blue for him And himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got Nobody to listen, to listen, to listen, to listen. I'm good.
Eiffel 65, Blue Dabba Dee playing here at Pure West Radio, the station all about Pembrokeshire. Thank you very much there to Janice Evans from Milford. Uh, she said, I haven't heard this tune in ages and uh, I've just got it on repeat at the moment. I love that. Great tune requested this morning for you, Janice. Uh, we're reminiscing you back now to the 90s. Awesome request. Thanks to uh, Di, uh, who's got us locked in this morning. Oh, he's a big fan of the show. Uh, loving this. Anything you'd like to hear this morning on breakfast, you pick the song 60777, starting your message with P. PWR, that's 60777, starting your message with PWR. Buzzing for my guest this morning. More about this on the way next for you. Here on The Breakfast Show of Folly Farm on Pure West Radio.
Live and joy. Don't stop moving. Playing here at Pure West Radio. 12 minutes past nine with me, Tobes. And thank you very much to Tom uh, for Gabs and Ronnie. Uh, also, well, the lovely Emily Payne as well. Thanks to all of you for getting in touch this morning and letting us know about the accident that's happened in Haverford West. Uh, a road blocked due to two vehicles uh, colliding at Trafalgar Road near Kestrel Road in Haverford West. Traffic control is being arranged to direct vehicles past the accident. So do take care uh, whilst out and about around Haverford West this morning, especially around Trafalgar Road. Uh, delays expected there due to that accident. Uh, also, a roadblock uh, due to some flooding at the B4318 in Gumfriston. Uh, the road closure signs have been wrongly removed. However, the council confirms that the road is still impassable due to flooding affecting traffic heading between Tembe and Sagiston. So uh, make sure you take care uh, while out and about around the Gumfriston area this morning. Everything looking good on the roads. Any issues where you are, do get in touch. You can call me right now on Haverford West 764455. That's 01437 764455. Some great tunes requested by you on the way. Uh, thanks ever so much uh, to Kyle for getting in touch on the text this morning uh, he'd like to uh, wish uh, his uh, beautiful fiance uh, Rachel a big happy 30th birthday ah oh, nice message up this morning Carl uh, Panic at the Disco on the way for you in just a bit Rach anything you'd like to hear this morning get in touch on the text just like Kyle did 60777 starting your message with PWR that's 60777 starting your message with PWR and I'll be available on the text for you it's Pure West Radio it's Monday morning's breakfast with me Tobes <laughs> The Breakfast Show with Toby Ellis. Weekdays 6 till 10 a.m. on Pure West Radio with Folly Farm. Have you lost your cat? Uh oh, steady kitty. Has your neighbour's much loved dog gone missing? Uh oh, oh no. <laughs> well, don't worry, we're here to help. The Pet Finder on Pure West Radio features lost and found animals across Pembrokeshire every week at 9.30am and 5.30pm. If you have an animal to get featured, email the details to studio at purewestradio.com. <laughs> OK. The Pet Finder on Pure West Radio. Oh, someone's been a busy little bee. Look how clean your car is. It looks almost new. Oh, thanks. Actually, I haven't lifted a finger to get it looking this good. I had it professionally valeted at Drive and Shine on Cartlet in Haverford West. It looks amazing now. Is it just cars they do? Because our caravan could really do with a spring clean. Yes, they can do all that. Cars, 4x4s, caravans, boats. They really know what they're doing too. Sounds great. And I won't even have to damage my new nails. <laughs> Drive and Shine in Haverford West. That change for life is all about small changes to help make us and our families healthier. Like, a lot of food contains more sugar than you might think, and eating too much can make us put on weight, which may lead to heart disease, type 2 diabetes and even cancer. Making sugar swaps is a great way to stay healthy, and it's so simple. Instead of sweets, swap them for fruit. And for fizzy drinks, try no added sugar or sugar-free ones. Just check the label. It's easy to be food smart. For more help with sugar swaps, search Change for Life online. We've always been farmers, but now we're so much more than a farm. There's 120 acres of fun with over 900 animals in our zoo and barn. 16 lovingly restored rides in our vintage fairground, plus numerous indoor and outdoor play areas. And with 50% of the attraction being undercover, there's always plenty to see and do come rain or shine. So why not purchase one of our great value annual passes today? 
That's one whole year of fantastic family-friendly fun. Head on over to our website www.folly-farm.co.uk for more information. Zoo, barn, fairground, play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm. Radio. The Power Hour on Pure West Radio.
Pure West Radio. Ali Murs, Big Snoop Dogg. You know we about to make moves. You dig? I walk in the club like a million bucks. First I hit the bar for a couple of shots. Wink at the beautiful women, I think I'm making them blush. Then I spill my drink, trying to cover it up. Got the dad dance moves, staying ready for them. Got the bad man groove, go steady on them. Hey, senorita in a beautiful dress. Do ya wanna dance? She's telling me yes. I got confidence in myself, but that's just to keep looking for me help. Trying to cover it up so you never tell. I feel like dancing with you. It's your moves, baby. Cause I can't dance in the way that you do. But I got that love that you ain't used to. Hey, and when the DJ's putting that song that we grew to, oh my, come and teach me how to dance. Slow down. DJ play that track, check out my kung fu kicks like I'm under attack. I wave my arms like this from front to back. But you never seen a bad mother dance like that. Then you beckon me in with a kiss on the lips. Jump into the middle, come and wiggle your hips. My love, take my hand, I give you a spin. Step one, step twice, let the party begin. I got confidence in myself, but that's just to keep the giving me help. Trying to cover it up so you never tell. I feel like dancing with you. It's your moves, baby. At the rhythm of the D.O. Dub G and the Thug Watch how I be in the club Looking, staring, daring, comparing In my book they say sharing is caring So give me your taste And make your hips just dip to the base And watch me run the line See what I come to find It's your moves, baby You did Cause I can't dance in the way that you do But I got that love that you ain't used to When the DJ's spinning that song that we grew to Oh my, come and teach me how to dance It's your moves, dance to the rhythm of your dub Cause I can't dance in the way that you do In my book they say sharing is caring But I got that love that you ain't used to Dance to the rhythm of your dub When the DJ's spinning that song that we grew to You know we about to make moves Come and teach me how to dance You did Oh, loving that one. Ollie Mers featuring Snoop Dogg and Moves playing here at Pure West Radio. Big shout out to Matthew Rickard, who's locked in this morning. That was playing for you. I bet he was having a right little jig in his car on the way to the studios with that one. Uh, the Lightning Seeds playing for my mum and dad this morning, uh, who are listening in Amsterdam. The joys of internet radio. You can listen wherever you are. And a big happy birthday to you, Dad. Have uh, the most amazing birthday. Uh, I'm sure you will in Amsterdam. I'm sure you'll be taking advantage of many of the local delicacies. So big happy birthday to you. Uh, we're going to be going Facebook Live in just a bit as uh, I've got Tom Price in the studio. Hopefully Chris Bevan will be joining us as well uh, imminently so we can put this debate to the ultimate test as uh, Tom Price is a HGV Class 1 lorry driver. Uh, he has uh, so much experience with uh, lorries and after my rant last week about uh, lorries hitting the railway bridge in Merlin's Bridge, this is going to be a great conversation. We'll also be going live on Facebook for this one. Up next though, it is your pet finder looking at lost and found animals around Pembrokeshire. Do get in touch and give us a call right now if you have anything to get featured on Haverford West 764455. That's 01437 764455. Your lost and found animals up next. I'm wide awake. 
Katy Perry, Wide Awake. That was playing for Lucy Jones this morning. I wonder if that is our very own Lucy Jones, featured as our local artist of the week recently. She is an absolute gem. And live music fans, we've got some brilliant news on the way for you very soon. There's a new show launching here uh, imminently, actually, in a couple of weeks. That's all you're getting from me about that one at the moment, though. Uh, as I haven't told the rest of the team yet, we've got our staff meeting on Wednesday. So uh, once I've told them, we might tell you on Thursday. We might not, though. We might just leave you hanging a little bit. Uh, Chainsmokers playing for Tom Price, uh, our guest here this morning, as we are talking lorries. And uh, we're especially going to be talking about this railway bridge in Merlin's Bridge. It's a beauty. We'll be going Facebook Live as well. Do not go anywhere. Pet Finder on Pure West Radio. Now, though, time to take a look at those lost and found animals around the county. And we do have uh, some good news to kick off with. We were featuring a uh, dog missing from the Stepperside area uh, from the Heritage Park uh, Street. And uh, he was an old boy, um, all white, with uh, these cute little black ears. And uh, the owners have now been found. So uh, great news uh, that this dog has been reunited. Uh, also, Carol Pete's been in touch. Her brother's lost his black and white Springer uh, Poppy near Slandui Velfry. Uh, she's very friendly. If you have seen this around the Slandui Velfry area, please get in touch with Carol, Carol Pete on Facebook. Or likewise, please do get in touch with us here at Pure West Radio. Jessica Morris has been in touch to say, has anyone lost a black Labrador? Uh, last seen in Fishguard, I think he had a blue-purple collar on. We couldn't get him and uh, he didn't seem to have any road sense. Uh, so hopefully uh, the owners have been uh, located. We've got some news on this. Uh, Rachel Blair's been in touch. Unfortunately, her ginger uh, cat still has not been returned home. It's been missing for about a week now. Uh, it's a gorgeous cat, this uh, all ginger tabby. Uh, goes by the name of Pookie. Uh, he is not neutered, about eight, nine months old from Penner and Pembroke Docks. So please uh, do keep out the lookout for that uh, ginger cat. Uh, also, uh, recently we had uh, some information sent over about a black cat, Sooty, who went n- missing from the North Street uh, area uh, of uh, Pembroke Dock. Unfortunately, he's gone missing again. Uh, so please do keep an eye out for uh, Sooty and all black cats from the North Street area, uh, also around the St. Martin's Church grounds. He's often found and uh, hasn't been seen for four days now. If uh, anybody has seen uh, this all-black cat around the Pembroke Pembroke Dock area, then please do get in touch with us here at Pure West Radio. And we always like to finish on a nice happy story. Frankie has now been reunited with Josephine Cheswick and the family. All-black cat, gorgeous little white feet and a bib, uh, came home safe and sound on Friday. So that's great news. Anything you have to get featured on our Pet Finder, please do get in touch. All you have to do is simply email studio at purewestradio.com. That's studio at purewestradio.com to get featured on our Pet Finder. Any lost or found animals? Right, the big lorry debate on the way next. After this, the Chainsmokers and Closer. I love this record. It's playing here on Monday Morning's Breakfast. Hey, I was doing just fine before I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. It was nice to meet them, but I hope I never see them again. I know it breaks your heart. Moved to the city in a broke down car. And four years, no calls. Now you're looking pretty in a hotel bar. And I, I can't stop. No, I, I, I can't stop. So, baby, pull me closer. Seat of your rover that I know you can't afford. Bite that. 
It's the Chainsmokers and Closer playing here at Pure West Radio on Friday morning's breakfast with Folly Farm. And a big thanks to my guest this morning, Tom Price. A very good morning, Tom. Morning, Toby. Thanks ever so much for joining us uh, here on the show this morning. Yeah, no problem, man. So you got in touch with me after I, I after I had a bit of a rant. I saw it, yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw it explode on Facebook, didn't I? Yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, I had a good rant about it on on air, and um, I then made a Facebook live video whilst having a rant about it on air. Nice. I think I had three rants on the breakfast right, okay. show, all in all. Uh, Clearly got think, to you. Yes, it has got to me, and why it's got to me, Tom, is because one thing I cannot fathom, right, is that the Merlin's Bridge 
railway bridge right, yes. has a big circular sign and it is a circular sign for the record <laughs> as I had loads of comments on this feed and one person in particular was trying to argue with me about the sign okay. it, it, it is a circular sign with with the height measurements on now what I think I couldn't get over is why lorry drivers kept hitting it <laughs> so we'll come on to this this is our big debate here this morning I feel this could be one of the longest interviews we've ever done we'll be reading out loads of your comments as well so I'm really excited for this so first up Tom tell us a little bit about you my man okay um, yeah I, well, I, I've been driving lorries for two two years now uh, I've been around lorries though since I was a, a kid you know sort of eight years old so so I'm, I'm no stranger to, to, to a truck of, of any size really um, I work down the port at the moment, so my job is sort of shifting trailers around. So I'm picking up, you know, up to sort of like 30 trailers a day, potentially, wow. moving them around. That's a lot of trailers. All different shapes, all different sizes. Um, so, so, yeah, so I got in touch with you because this, this kind of thing shouldn't be happening because there are clear warnings on most trailers. Um, and for, for people to say, you know, it's not... <laughs> it's, oh, well, you know, sometimes we can forget it. It's like, well... You shouldn't because there's a massive sign when you're mm. hitching up to your trailer. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like my, my sort of experience, you know, I've yeah. always, I've not always been in the sort of trucking industry, but I've mm. always been around trucks, mm. loved them. Well, it's, it's great that you've got that passion. And I mean, we, we've actually met many, many years we ago. Have. So we've crossed paths loads of times. You usually in the sales team, I was in the sort of broadcasting team. And and one funny story I must share with our listeners and people watching it live on is Facebook right now. Is this Christmas? It, it's the Christmas party, <laughs> of course it is, right? Uh, so we were meeting in Carmarthen for our Christmas party. Uh, Tom and I hadn't really spoke about much except for that we were going to the party. Uh, I thought I would go and treat myself uh, to a nice new shirt, you know, as you do uh, for a Christmas do. Uh, so I went up to uh, one of our local shops, got this lovely swanky new shirt. I rock up to the Christmas party, take I was my jacket well off. And I was like, yeah, look at this. Yeah. You've got this banging new shirt. And then Tom walks in and just looks at me like... And I look at him and I'm like, oh my gosh, we were wearing the same flipping shirt. Can you believe it? We were like both wearing the same shirt. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we haven't done it again. I thought today, it was so. unique though, mate. I thought like, this is a nice, unique, no one else will have this shirt. And then all of a sudden, new rocks up, Toby. Course, man, course. So funny. Um, so yeah, I, I know Tom Percy. I know he's always been a big uh, a lorry enthusiast. And you know, I know he's got great taste as well. Because, exactly. you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. We, we both wear uh, rather swanky shirts to Christmas Dues. So this um, passion of yours, obviously you thought, right, I, I want to quit sales, I want to be a lorry driver. So, yeah. so talk us through that process. How would you become a lorry driver? Uh, okay, so first of all, you need money. Okay. Because you didn't cheat. Right, okay. Uh, what, what, what are we talking, hundreds, thousands? Uh, a few grand. Oh. Yeah. Really? Uh, Why is yeah. it so expensive then? Uh, just because of the amount of training stuff that gets involved, so you have right. to essentially when you get into the training side of it, you've got to pay for an instructor. Yeah, who's obviously got to be a specialist instructor because mm. it's not the same as driving a car. You know, it's a bit more. It's, uh, what's the word? For more manoeuvres and they're bigger, they're yeah, heavier. Bigger, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. everything is just magnified. Exactly right. Yeah. Correct in saying yeah. Yeah. So you need you need the the instructor, you need the company, you need to hire the vehicle. And then you need to actually pay for obviously the examiner to sort of test mm. you at the end of it as well. Wow. There's a lot of people involved in it and you know, a lot of things that people don't sort of realise. Obviously the fuel as well. Yeah. You know, for like driving a car on a on a test is gonna mm. be a lot less than what it is for for a lorry for mm. an hour's test. Mm. So you have to first of all uh, do everything like you do with a car. So you have to do uh, another theory test. 
uh, for, for specifically for HGVs. So do you have to have a car license to be able to to, to get a HGV yes. license? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. You sort of step up the ranks, if you will. But yeah. then you have to go. Like, I've got Class One, which okay. is the biggest trucks that we can get on the roads at the moment. Okay. Um, you have to go Class Two first. Yeah. Which is one test. Right. Okay. And then Class One afterwards, which is a second test. So it's right, two. Okay. That's why it's so expensive. So it's fair one. to say then it's fairly rigorous Massive. to be able to get a HGV license. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, is it like this in other countries? Uh, or don't you know? From, no, from from what I've heard, it's mm. it's a lot easier to get one in sort of some Eastern European countries okay. than, than what it is, you know, with our rigorous testing. Because the reason why I'm asking is it's you know it's quite known that a lot of lorries that have hit the Merlins Bridge railway bridge, you yeah. know, have been foreign drivers. Yeah. Um, so we'll come on to some theories in just a bit. So yeah, yeah, cool. we, we've outlined it's very rigorous. You need yep. to have a UK driving license to be able to get a class one. Yeah. Um, how many lessons are we talking? How many? And let's put that into hours because I mean, I remember doing my first driving test. I think I only did about twelve lessons. Um, yeah, it was and, and I was. Hours. I had this big aim and goal in my head. I was like, right, I want to get it. I was born in October 1987, so I was like, right, okay, I want to get it done by December. As soon as I turned 17, I thought like, I want to get it done the same year. Yeah. I shouldn't have really been allowed to. Have done it i wasn't um competent enough and i failed my first driving test you know so then i, I did it second time around and i managed to pass and i felt more confident but i did a further eight lessons you know so i did 20 odd lessons yeah uh, to be able to get to you know a good enough uh, level and standard to be able to pass my driving test then i did my pass plus help with the insurance premium so you know how many hours are we looking at you know for you to for you to be able to get a class one this is quite shocking. Okay. Um, obviously, you still got to pass it. It's still a rigorous test mm. to actually pass it. But my class two, because mm. I wasn't sharing the truck, it was done over three days. Mm. But there were three full days. So essentially, I had nine, 18. The last day was a half day. So I probably did about 24 hours okay. um, of, of sort of training. Yeah. With yeah. an hour test then at the end. Okay. Um, I mean, that that's still quite a lot of driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I and it's very the... intense. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Massively. You are, you know, I mean, you look at when you, you know, when you jump in a, go- a go-kart, for example. Now, if different go-karts are different. As soon as you've done a couple of laps on a go-kart, you, you get used to yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I actually think 24 hours is probably quite a long time. It, yeah, it yeah. is. But I mean, then when you go, because normally it's, you share a truck with somebody. Okay. Um, so when you're doing your test with HGV, you're sharing the truck with someone. So you've got sort of half the day you'll be driving yourself, mm. and the other half of the day you sat in the passenger seat. But you're still learning mm. because you sat next to somebody. They're doing the same manoeuvres that you did in the morning, but you're looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. So that's kind of nice to have, which you don't get in a car. Okay. Um, so by doing it that way, you extend it then. So you're doing it over five days. So yeah. you're doing five full days. So you're essentially getting in a 40 hours then wow. of, of sort of training. So you're looking at 40 hours, and then that's your class one. Exactly, yeah. Done and dusted. So... We've gone through all the training, you've got your class one. What, what's the next step then? Uh, so step after that then is to actually be legal to, to drive it on the road. Well, you can drive one, but you can't do it for higher reward. Right, okay. So to be legal to do that, then you have to do a CPC, initial CPC course. Okay. So what that consists of is 100 questions, mm-hmm. uh, multiple choice and also case studies. Okay. Um, and you have to get, I think it's about I think it's 80%, I believe, on that one. Okay. So that's quite a yeah. high percentage then. Of 100 questions. Yeah, yeah, 8 <laughs> out of 100, correct. Yeah. yeah. It's far from lenient, I would no. say. Um, and then after that, then you have to do something called a mod four, okay. uh, which is basically a practical CPC exam, which is to walk around a HGV vehicle and sort of point out. A f- the examiner will ask you different questions depending on what he's got on a sheet at the time. Mm. But it's things to do with you know vehicle checks and things like that. It'll actually ask you one guarantee, which is quite poignant. Mm. One guarantee question it'll ask you is to show you where a height marker is for a vehicle. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Note taken. Yeah. Um, but also then, you know, things like uh, immigration and things like that. So checking yeah. for, for illegal immigrants on the truck and drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, you have to prove you can do all of that before you're allowed to actually drive a vehicle okay. and be paid to do so. Wow. So once you've got your Class 1 HGV, you've done your CPC, you've got all the sets needed. Yeah. You approach a company and, yeah. and I assume you go for the job interview, you get the job. and all Exactly right. Um, so do you do any training with the business um, when, when the company take you on? I mean, I guess this is, you know, um, different um, yeah. companies have different regulations and, and probably different processes. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, how do they sort of, you know, some, gauge your experience? Someone actually do an assessment. Okay. Um, Which would be sensible, I guess. Yeah. When you, you they're know, very expensive, these lorries, I guess. Expensive you know, they're, they're and not, heavy. Mm. You know, 44 tonnes. It is. Yeah. Like my instructor And very me, high. <laughs> precisely. Yeah, yeah. Massively high, yeah. But my instructor told me, you know, you're driving, you're driving a massive weapon. Mm. Like when I was learning to drive, he was like, you know, this is no sort of mean feat. Mm. You, you drive, it's huge. You, know, you could really hurt somebody or kill somebody with what you're doing here. Mm. Mm. So, you know, things have to be sort of tight and, 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 and strict, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, some, some companies, they'll, they'll put you through an assessment. So it might be just like an hour or two's drive with their company assessor. He'll look at how you're driving, what you're doing, all your checks and that kind of stuff and see if they want you in their company. Mm. Um, some companies don't and they just sort of throw you straight in. Um, and others might just have somebody sit with you for the first week or two of a job, mm. uh, not necessarily assessing you, just to you know, just have somebody by your side who's sort of mm. experienced with the job. Mm. But yeah, normally they'll have some form of sort of introduction. Okay. So, in your opinion, do you think it is rigorous enough to be able to get a HGV Class One license? Uh, in the UK, yes. Yeah. I don't think it's rigorous enough. For drivers which are coming from another country. Okay. And I, and I guess it's very hard for us to gauge, you know, unless we had someone from each country, you know, each European country, each country, you know, sort of explaining as yes, you have just done. I guess it's, it's hard to get a balance of Yeah, yeah. However, we will assume that the majority of drivers on our roads hold a UK HGV class one. Yeah. So, moving forward then, um, we have outlined it's, it's very... It's fairly rigorous to obtain that license. You're out and about now as a job you are driving. It is a legal requirement to know the height of your vehicle. It right? is. Right. That is, it's in black and white. It's yeah. government. Yes, it law. is actually. Yeah, you need it, a marker in the vehicle that displays. So you have to be able to know the height of your vehicle, right? That has been outlined, right? Yes. And we've done a lot of research into that. And that that is it, right? The Merlins Bridge Railway Bridge has a circular sign saying yes. 13.6. Yes. What does that mean to you as a lorry driver then, Tom? 13.6. Well, first of all, it means to me if there is a sign on the bridge, it means that it's a lower bridge. Right, okay. So straight away, you've always you've got alarm yeah, bells ringing. There's, there's a sign. Yeah. There but, could be some possible but danger. But can I make there. a point as well? Mm -hmm. That sign isn't just on the bridge. If you're coming from Johnston, mm -hmm. there's a sign on the... So so you come out of Johnston to people that know Pembrokeshire. You come out of mm -hmm. Johnston, and as soon as you hit the 50-mile-an-hour area, you've got that big lay-by on the right-hand side with that cafe. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. where I'm on the yeah, back Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you're going up yeah. the hill. Yeah. So on there, it does say sign currently not in use because the flashing bit is broken. Yeah. However, there's a massive circular sign mm -hmm. there that mm -hmm. clearly states, again, the height of the bridge, which is coming up. So it's not a case of, oh, no, I've got to the bridge... I'll see if I can go under it. Mm. You know what height it is more than a mile or two previous to it. Mm. The, the reason the lay-by is there and the sign is at that point is so that if you're higher than that bridge, you can go into the lay-by and turn around. That's the whole point of putting mm. the sign mm. by the lay-by. So <laughs> if you're coming from Johnston, you will see that sign. Yeah. If you're coming from um, Haverford West, you will see that sign because yeah. there's also one on the bypass. Yeah. Um, so these electronic 
you know lasers that, yeah. that examine the height of the vehicle um they they flash yes you know if the vehicle is um too tall to go underneath the railway bridge which it may possibly going under yeah they're not possibly working at the moment as yeah. you said as you said rightly set up to uh, going up to pope's hill yeah sign not in use at the moment however you still can see that rather large circular it's sign huge. with yeah it is massive <laughs> it's, it's probably one of the biggest signs in pembrokeshire but but any any lorry driver that comes up to a sign like that should be looking at the sign and and knowing because basically if a bridge doesn't have a sign on it mm. it means that the bridge is five meters tall Okay. If you've got an HGV with a trailer which is more than five meters tall, then you've got some sort of abnormal load on it because most of them are less than five meters. Okay. So if you see a circular sign coming up, you need to look at that because your sat nav may be wrong. Mm. It could well be. Mm, mm. And this is one theory that we've had uh, that lorry drivers have been using car sat navs and thus it won't alarm them on their sat nav. However, Plausible. you've still had to have gone past one sign yep. at least. And then you approach this bridge which so, looks low. Which, yes, <laughs> yes, which does look low anyway. So, 13.6. What, what is the, the typical height of a, of a, a large HGV vehicle? Uh, with a trailer, so Arctic, you're looking at average about 4.6 metres-ish, which right, okay. is... So, 4.6. So, as a lorry driver... Yes. We have, you have a sign within your cab. Yes, right, now, yes. Now, this needs clearing up because... One listener actually got heavily involved uh, on my personal Facebook page saying, look, the information I was given out was wrong because th okay. th there is there is a sticker in the cab which has only the height of the cab. No. So that's incorrect. That's incorrect. So, okay. on, Why so, is that? So the government rules of it, and you can Google it. Yeah. Um, I've got them in front of me. Yeah, state that the vehicle marker, which is in the cab, it's normally, some of them do have a sticker. Rigids tend to have a sticker, so that's yeah. class two vehicles. Class ones, which can change their trailers, a the sticker is pointless because your trailer can change. So it's normally yeah. got like a dial on them, and it looks like uh, a calendar. Like one of those older calendars that you can twist around. Okay, oh yes, yes, yes. Some yes. drivers may actually get in a cab and think it's a calendar. Maybe that's why they're not changing it and not looking at the height of their vehicle. I don't know. But, mm. <laughs> but mm. what you can do, you change it then. Um, and, and the actual height that's on that marker needs to be the overall height of the vehicle, not the height of your cab. Okay. And that's what the law states. So it's basically down to Laura driver error then, if they don't yes. know the height of their vehicle. 100%. Yeah, there, there's no other excuse for it. If you okay. don't if you don't know how, how big the vehicle is that you're, you're driving, then there's something seriously wrong. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm glad we've cleared that up because <laughs> that was the whole point of my rant and my argument. If you are driving a heavy goods vehicle, right, as you said, your, your instructor even called them weapons. Exactly. You know, because potentially they are. You need to know. So you are categorically saying that lorry drivers should know the height of their vehicle. There's no excuse to not know the height of the vehicle you're driving. Now, how do you find out the height of your vehicle? Well, perfect. You, know, you're, you are just the most perfect <laughs> person to answer this because, you know, as again, I had many, many uh, questions put to me on, on Facebook uh, saying, you know, how can they measure all the different loads and lorry trailers they get? Well, you pick up various different trailers all day yeah. long. So how do you know that when you pick up another truck or you pick up um, some materials, how do you know the, the, the height of that trailer? The majority of trailers that I see on a daily basis, and I say, you know, I can touch 30 trailers, pitch up to 30 trailers a day. It's incredible. It's normally only around a yard, but yeah. it's still, you know. So what sort of typical things will you be picking up on a, on a daily basis then? massive warning on the front of the trailer okay. <laughs> so this is something that you see when you're reversing up to hitch up to the trailer yeah, okay. it's something you see clear as day when you're putting your airlines on the trailer and is that on every trailer? 
it's, it's not on every trailer. Okay. But what sort of things are you picking up then? Just, just, just give us an example. Well, as in, what are they saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, what, what's on the trailer itself? Like, what would boats? Are we talking machinery? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, sort of normally up? the majority of them are sort of curtain siders and that kind of stuff. The stuff which has been smashing into the bridge. Okay. Um, so there'd be goods on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff that I wouldn't necessarily know what's actually in them. You just pick up the trailer. Exactly. Really? Just yeah, pick okay. it up and just move it around because I'm not actually taking it on the road itself. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, at this at this moment, so I'm just sort yeah. of moving it around. But yeah. Yeah. So it could be anything. It could be okay. steel. Could have boats on there. Could have. Mm. You know, statues, absolutely anything. Boats we've had in the past. Um, and yeah, on the, the majority of trailers which are high, they have warnings on them. I don't think I've seen one which is high without a warning. And what that warning would consist of is, and I mean huge, like we're talking about something the size of this, just for the viewers on Facebook, the red sort of thing here. Yeah? Mm, mm, mm. And in huge red or yellow writing, it'll say something along the lines of a very high trailer, mm. and it'll give you the exact measurement of how high you actually will be based on an average fifth wheel height. Okay. Fifth wheel is the back of the, the, the HUV, which locks in under the trailer. Average one of them is 1.25 metres. Okay. Uh, most trailers will basically tell you this trailer is 4.62 metres tall, for instance, based okay. on a height of 1.25 metres for your fifth wheel. So, when we see the 13.6, because to, to many drivers, including me, I see 13.6 on a railway bridge. I don't drive a big HGV, I drive a car. I know my car's going to fit under that. Yeah. So, so what does that measurement mean? That's, that's obviously not feet. 13.6. Yeah, so Thir- what, what does that no, mean? No, 13.6 is feet. That is feet, right? Yeah, so it's 13 feet. foot, So, so that's 13 inches. foot, 6 inches, right? Yeah. The height of that bridge. Yeah. However, is it safe to say then that the the trailer is in metres or is that in feet as well? The, it does it on both. Right, Normally, okay. the trailers so which we've got in, in our yard. feet and metres. Yes. Right, okay. Cause but the just... thing is, though, on the on the on that sign, it should have metres as well. It should, right, okay. Does it not have? Uh, the photo I've got here just says 13.6. Um, oh, feet. however, that was an older one, actually. Yeah, tell a lie. Yeah, it does, actually. Yeah, it's just 4.5 on Yeah, there we are. That's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. That's how yeah. I remember it, because I'm in metres most... So it's, so a lot of it in metres, but it says on the sign in metres and feet, yeah. Yes, normally. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, that was an old photo I was looking at. Yeah, it does say... Uh, yeah, it does say 4. in metres as well now, then you want 4.5, yeah. 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 Um, so, so that basically is... An average, an average truck should be able to get under that. Okay. Um, anything... Over what I call an average truck would mm. normally have a warning on it saying that it's 4.6 meters or 4.8 meters, whatever it would be. Um, I worked for a local removal uh, removals company for a little while, um, and the Pantechnicon they call it, which is a basically a large HGV for putting furniture and stuff in, mm. uh, was really tall. Um, and it, I think there was about 10, 15, 20 centimeters clearance, if that, to get under the Merlin's Bridge round uh, bridge. Mm. But I knew that I could get under it mm. because I looked at the, the thing, I looked at my height marker. Mm. I knew. You knew it in fact. Yeah. But I get under it. Even though it was a little bit close. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, though, my, my height marker was less than what right. the bridge marker was. Yeah. And at that point, it's not then my. F- if I hit that bridge then, mm. then somebody else has messed up because they've put the wrong height on the marker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a So case. if your trailer doesn't have any height measurements on it, yeah. um, what, what would you do? How would you measure the height of it? Well, it's quite easy to get a measuring stick. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I'm. Yeah. And, this, yeah. and I know this sounds, you know, to some people listening now, it might be like, well, well, well you're not going to carry a measuring stick around with you all the time. Well, if you're changing trailers multiple times a day mm. and you're going out on the road, mm. even if you're not investing in it yourself, ask your company for a measuring stick. Mm. Because if you don't know how high your trailer is and you're going out on the road, yeah, okay, most of the UK networks of roads can accommodate vehicles up to 4.9 metres tall. Mm. We're in Pembrokeshire. We're not most of the UK here, are yeah. we? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, 
you need to yeah you need to have some form some way of checking the height of your vehicles even if it means your your company buying a five ten pound measuring stick mm. and you getting out and checking that trailer every time because to say i don't have time to check my trailer or why would i check my trailer every time mm. isn't an excuse because for instance the one that happened i think it was the time before the one that just that, that truck that just hit us that mm. hit the bridge mm. The time before that, a woman was trapped in a car, mm. from what I remember. Yeah. Because um, a load of the lorry had sort of slipped off after it hit the bridge, landed on top of a car, and she was trapped inside. Luckily, mm. she was she was okay in the end. Mm. Mm. Um, I say okay, she was badly injured. Mm. But Luckily, she survived. Yeah, she could have died. Mm. Mm. And that's because he didn't obviously didn't check mm. the height of his trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the most recent photos, actually, because there's many photos of, of the, the Merlin's Bridge roundabout and um, the, the Merlin's Bridge uh, railway bridge, sorry, leading up to the Merlin's Bridge roundabout. And, and from both directions, I've just looked at probably about 20 different photos. Yeah. Uh, the latest sign, yeah, is 4.5 metres, and it says 14.9, uh, actually. So I'm not sure if they've managed to get some height there, or maybe they were just trying to be a bit more lenient yeah. many years ago, <laughs> yeah. just, to, just to give people a bit of a, a, a warning on it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is very clear the height of that bridge. And one thing that, you know, is of a worry to me, you know, as, as a Pembrokeshire resident, is that I've been looking at the various classes of, of, of vehicles and HGVs, and a UN Class 1 is explosives. A yeah. UN Class 2 is gases, flammable gas, non-flammable, non-toxic yeah, gas, and toxic gas. Yeah, ratings, yeah. So, yeah, so if a HGV driver who is carrying dangerous goods was to hit that railway bridge... Big problem. Know, then, you know then we could be talking fatalities and that massively that is what concerns me 